Hi everyone, my name is Stephanie and I'm a graduate general nurse of the University College Cork in the south of Ireland. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on today's episode of the Healthcare Matters podcast series. As part of this series, each episode, we talk about a different health-related topic and today's podcast is going to be about the cervical check. According to BreakthroughCancerResearch.ie, annually 300 women in Ireland are diagnosed with cervical cancer and unfortunately every year approximately 100 women lose this battle. The Cervical Check programme is a free screening for anyone with the cervix aged 25 to 65 in Ireland. It is the best way to see if you are at risk for developing cervical cancer in the future. Between the ages of 25 and 29 you receive an invitation every three years and between the ages of 30 and 65, you're invited every five years. Now, a cervical check is not mandatory and it's not something that anyone can force you to do, but it is something that can be invaluable in catching HPV and abnormal cell changes early. The smear test is usually done with your GP and the whole appointment lasts five to 15 minutes. Prior to the test, your doctor or nurse will explain the procedure to you give you information on the risks and limitations, what your sample will be tested for, as well as explaining how your data is used and the screening process itself. For the test, you can ask for it to be carried out by a female practitioner if this is something that would make you feel more comfortable. In terms of the test, when you are ready, you're asked to undress from the waist down and lie on an examination table. Your doctor or nurse will then give you instructions on how to assume the correct position for the exam and they will walk you through each step as they go. It consists of a speculum being gently inserted into the vagina and opened slightly, which allows the healthcare practitioner to visualize or see your cervix. Through the speculum, a small soft brush will be inserted. The brush is then used to collect your sample from the surface of your cervix. The brush and speculum are then removed, you're left to get dressed and the sample is sent for testing. The entire test is over very quickly, but due to how the sample is taken, the procedure can sound intimidating. So I thought to help give you more information, I'd invite my first guest, Laura, onto the show to discuss this topic with me and to help give you a better understanding of some of the terms, abbreviations and procedures that you may need following your cervical check. After my chat with Laura, I then have my second guest who is going to give us her perspective of the procedure as a service user. Laura, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Um, do you want to start by just telling our listeners a little bit about what it is that you do? Yeah, sure. My name's Laura and I'm a nurse. And as part of my job, I routinely carry out cervical checks and any other procedures that patients might need in their GP office. Brilliant. So I just wanted to, at the start, before we really get into it, um, we often hear an awful lot of terms around this topic. So smear test, smear check. Does the term that someone uses really matter? For me, not really. Um, Whatever the patients are comfortable with using is fine. It's actually discussing it is the most important thing. So it's really whatever people are comfortable calling it. Yeah, definitely. So just before we started, I explained what the initial cervical check procedure was. And for the vast majority of people who have their cervical check done, 
The results come back, they're told they're HPV negative and have no abnormal cell changes detected. And after that, you don't really have to think about it again for another three to five years. But what these terms are and what they mean is something I think people should be aware of before and not just when you, your results come back saying you have these things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we could start by discussing HPV, if that's okay. Yeah, brilliant. So that's the human papillomavirus, if I'm right. That's quite a mouthful. It is, yes. Um, so as the name says, it's a virus. But there are many strains of it. There's at least 100. Um, but only a small number of those are considered high risk for increasing the risk of cervical cancer. Um, and it's those particular strains that are tested for in the pap smear. Okay, and can I ask, how is HPV transmitted? And why is it what we test for in the, t in the cervical check? So HPV is transmitted through skin-to-skin -skin contact and it lives on the skin in the genital area. So anyone who is any way sexually active is at risk and condoms don't offer full protection due to where the virus lives. Um, they only reduce the risk. Okay. Um, so it doesn't have any symptoms. So people might think that they have it or not have it, but they won't actually know. Um, especially if they don't attend their cervical check. So it's also something that can actually lay dormant in your system. Okay. Um, so you just won't know if you have it, and that's why we screen every three to five years. Yeah. Um, and having a positive result can, um, can lead to cells growing abnormally, um, and that can lead to cancer developing. Um, so when abnormal cells are detected, people are then offered an appointment for a colposcopy, and that can help us understand the level of cervical changes that are happening. Okay, and just for anyone that isn't aware um, of that term, a colposcopy is a procedure in which a cervix is viewed using a camera. So it's similar to your cervical check in terms of a speculum being gently inserted into the vagina, and then a microscope with a light is then inserted through the speculum, and that helps us take a better look at the cervix. After that, there is a dye that's applied to the cervix, and that helps highlight any areas of abnormal cell growth and from that biopsies or samples can be taken. Yep, that's absolutely right. So Laura, these changes that occur, they take places in stages, don't they? They don't all mean that you have cancer. Absolutely right. So just because you have abnormal changes detected doesn't mean that you have cancer and that's very, very important to understand. Yeah, and just so we clear that these stages, there's CIN 1, 2 and 3. Would you mind going into a little bit of detail and explain those terms for everyone a bit? Okay, so CIN stands for cervical intraepithelial neoplasia. That's a bit of a mouthful. Um, <laughs> it's just a term that describes the abnormal changes of the cells that line the cervix and the number describes the depth of those abnormal cells. So CIN1 is one third of the cervical surface layer that's affected. Okay. And CIN2 is two thirds and so on. And as you said, none of these actually mean that you have cancer. It's just the depth of cell changes and that there is a chance of cancer developing in the future. Okay. And not all of these require you to undergo a procedure to remove them, do they? No. So if the results come back that you have CIN1, these changes can clear up on their own. So you would just be given an appointment for a 12-month follow-up instead of three or five yeah, years. Okay. Um, the CIN2 level carries a slightly bigger risk, so you might be offered treatment for removal of the cells. And then CIN3 means you will be offered a treatment. 
So just because we're limited by time today, Laura, we might just discuss a let's procedure, as that would be the most common procedure, wouldn't it? Okay. Yeah, so people might have heard of that or may have heard of it being referred to as a LEAP procedure. So LETS stands for Large Loop Excision of the Transformational Zone. It's a procedure where a speculum is gently inserted into the vagina and the abnormal cells are then removed using a thin wire loop which is heated using electricity. For this procedure we give local anaesthetic into the cervix and that means that you're awake but the area will be numbed so you don't feel it it's just a bit of pressure okay and this procedure similar to the cervical check it doesn't actually take a long time um yeah. and it's carried out in the outpatient department so you're actually able to go home the same day yeah um after your appointment you'll be given more information going home about the recovery process what to expect in terms of a normal recovery and just your do's and your don'ts for the weeks afterwards and also a number to contact if there is anything occurring or that you're experiencing that worries you. That's exactly right. So both before and after the procedure, you'll get information leaflets just to try and help explain everything. And as always, if you have questions, just ask your healthcare professional. We want to help you as best we can. Yeah. So Laura, just before we finish up, all these procedures we've talked about can be quite intimidating and an emotional experience for the people going through them. Would you have any tips from your experience to just help calm nerves or anything in general for uh, our listeners? Absolutely. So if we go right back to the start, you can book an appointment to talk through any questions you have about the exam and the equipment that is used. And it can be quite hard to think of all your questions on the spot. Yeah. So maybe you could write them down and bring them in with you when you go and talk to your healthcare provider. For the actual exam, you could wear a dress or a skirt and that might help you feel a little bit less exposed. Or you could bring a scarf just to cover up a little if you wanted as well. Um, speculums come in a few shapes and sizes. So if you feel uncomfortable about the speculum, just discuss it with your nurse and she might be able to use a smaller size for you. Um, in general, for any appointments or procedures, I would encourage everyone to communicate with their healthcare professional. Ask lots of questions and um, just having a good understanding of what's going on and what's going to be happening um, and what can what can be going on that can help to calm nerves. Yeah. Um, if you do find yourself getting upset, just understand that it's completely normal. It's very common because this isn't an everyday experience and your healthcare professional will be used to that kind of response. Um, um, also, for some people, they find breathing exercises beneficial and that can help people relax as well. So just let us know if you're upset. We can pause and try things again. Those are some brilliant points, Laura. Thank you so much. And again, I just want to say a massive thank you for taking the time to come in and have this chat with us today. No problem. I was happy to do it. <laughs> My next guest is a young woman who went for her cervical check. She found out that she was HPV positive, then proceeded to get a colposcopy with biopsies. And she found out she had CIN3 and even had a LETS procedure as a result. So Tamsin, thank you for coming in today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. So we'll just get straight into it. I want to know more about your experience. Um, yeah, no problem, of course. So we'll start with your initial screen. How did you find it? Any pain, discomfort, awkwardness, or just how did you find it in general? 
Um, I didn't think it was very painful at all. Um, in the least, I didn't really find it too uncomfortable either. I, of course, it's an awkward situation. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, no, no pain, no discomfort at all. Brilliant. And after that, when you got your results, um, just talk me through your thoughts and feelings at the time. Um, well, I got my results back really quickly, but they did come back HPV positive uh, with the normal cells. Okay, yeah. Now, I had no clue what this meant, so I called my nurse and I, I told her, and I just kind of asked her what was going on, and I think she assumed that I knew what these terms were and okay. just explained I'd have to go for a colposcopy. So I got off the phone panicking, and I'm straight on to Google, um, but I decided to check out HSE, the website, Brilliant. okay, yeah, and cervicalcheck.e, and they actually had a lot of information there. And was it useful in helping explain these kind of abbreviations that are kind of used in healthcare a lot? Yeah, it was actually really good explaining like the terminology. Um, I had a lot of information as well on cup or colposcopies yeah. and what to expect in them because I hadn't a clue. <laughs> That's good. And can I ask, after you got the results, how long did it take? For you to get the colposcopy appointment and just go through the procedure i managed to get my appointment less than a month after my Brilliant. results okay that was great um i was really nervous about it yeah. but the healthcare worker who did the procedure he was so nice and reassuring um unfortunately though he did notice some kind of red spots and markings on my cervix okay so he decided to uh take three biopsies actually and send them off for testing Okay, and after that appointment, when did you hear from them again? It was really quickly, maybe two weeks later. Okay. I got a letter in from Cervical Check that told me I had CIM3, which I heard Laura explaining earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, they also said that I'd have to have a LETS procedure that following month. Okay, and when you got to this stage, were you aware of these terms and what they meant at the time? No. But <laughs> I hadn't a clue. Cervical Check had actually sent loads of brochures with the okay, letter, good. all explaining uh, less procedures and CIN3, so I didn't have to Google anything this time. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, can you walk me through the LETS procedure from when you walked in that morning? Yeah, of course. Um, I think by the stage I was walking, I was so terrified. Yeah. Um, a lot of questions, a lot of thoughts are going through your head at this stage. Um, but everyone was so lovely. I was given a local anesthetic into my cervix yeah. and I didn't feel that at all. Good. <laughs> um, after this, I kind of started shaking though. Everything, it kind of got to me and I was okay. crying and the nurse, she was so lovely and she said that this is so common. A lot of women going through a let's procedure, uh, they have the same reaction and she yeah. hugged me and even the technician who was doing the procedure about to do the procedure he started to do breathing exercises with wow, me okay yeah because I was so nervous and he was trying to calm me down and I eventually calmed down and I'm waiting for him to start and then I hear now you can sit back up when you're ready <laughs> so I think it must have been about 15 seconds and okay. I felt absolutely nothing um which was brilliant and so I was told that it could take up to two months to get my results back Okay. Um, which is fine, but I was really surprised when I got them two weeks later. <laughs> Brilliant. And luckily they'd managed to get rid of all the cells. That's great. I'd say once you got that news, that was an absolute weight off your mind. Absolutely. <laughs> and can I ask, after you had that, did you have any follow-ups? Um, yeah, I actually had a smear test booked that day for six months after. Okay. Um, so I went for that smear test and that came out HPV free and no abnormal cells present. Brilliant. I'm absolutely delighted for you there. 
Um, just before we finish up, do you have anything you want to add or maybe that you think people should know? Um, well, I just really want to say that no one should be afraid of getting a smear test um, or even a colposcopy or a Let's procedure. I know you may feel exposed and it can feel a bit awkward, but there's no point avoiding it. And it's much better than just hoping for the best. It doesn't yeah. hurt. Healthcare professionals are only here to help you and just don't be scared. Yeah, that's a very good point and I 100% agree. And to be honest, that was a major reason why I thought we should have an episode on this topic. Of course. So just once again, thank you so, so much for coming in and just sharing your experience with us. Thanks so much for having me. So before we finish up today's episode, I just want to say that the HSE website is a brilliant source of information if you have any questions on the topics discussed today. There's also a wonderful UK-based charity called Joe's Trust, that's J-O-S, trust.org.uk. And although it is a UK-based website, the information is so clearly written and well explained that I would encourage you to also look at that page. And of course, if you have any questions, your healthcare practitioners are there to help you and answer these questions. So... Finally, before we finish up, I just want to say if listening to this podcast has made you think, am I due my test? Then maybe go on to the cervical check website, enter in your PPS and your date of birth, and it'll tell you when your next test is due. Alternatively, you can contact them on free phone 1-800-4545-55. That brings today's episode to an end. Thank you for tuning in and see you in the next episode. Bye. (laughs) Thank you.